podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Justin. My brother, Justice Raji. Man, so uh, it's been a little bit. But uh, we together today, adding on. And so the place I wanted to start with, there is a documentary. It's on ESPN. It aired on ESPN. But if you have ESPN or ESPN Plus, then you can watch it. The, you can watch it. You know what I'm saying? Stream it. It's called The Cave of uh, Adullam. Adullam, I believe it's the correct pronunciation. And uh, it's produced by Lawrence Fishburne. But it's about the brother from Detroit, uh, Jason Wilson. Um, he wrote a couple, wrote a good book called, uh, um, dang, I'm about to mess it up. The, uh, I'll remember the name, but it's basically about, uh, you know, he's done a lot of work and processing on, the uh, around, you know, black men and, and, uh, connecting with your emotions in particular, though, the focus of the documentary is about his work and using the structure of martial arts and teaching, um, to engage, um black boys and help also very particularly help black boys engage with their you know feelings and emotions find a balance and control um uh, and creating a space uh for that um cry like a man that's the name of the book um which is is you know what talks about about his own personal journey to deal with like trauma stress anger um in different ways that's been empowered in his life to to, to become a, a as he sees it a more whole man a more present man you know in, in his current you know in his current status and um and the reason i want to start there because i think it's just coming out of years of work me and you both done like started out in life with a lot of community work you know that had if not always uh wasn't maybe necessarily solely focused on black boys there were definitely spaces and places where either we were dispatched <laughs> to to hey man talk to the little man over there uh or you know, some part of our balance to add to the team was the mix to have be able to connect, um, you know, for lack of a better word, with wayward youth um, at one point or another um, outside of our own, you know, personal, you know, leanings to being, you know, connected and present for for for, for black people in general. Um, and I would say at different t- different points in time, young black people specifically. Uh, but the thing that uh, stood out to me in the doc and you know it gets me whenever i I engage with some of these works is you know the reality when um flashing back even on my own you like the way that folks engage you like the space that's made for black boys and their feelings and what they're going through how they're processing what they're experiencing and it was um you know i thought it was a you know, a powerful, you know, poignant piece. And I wanted to add on a little bit about it, but also encourage folks to check it out. But generally, you know, I don't know if you was able to, I don't think you was able to watch it. However, the the general 
context around like young men and their their, their social emotional development. Um, you know, what is something that rings out to you just, you know what I mean, with how we we're doing with that world right now? Yeah. Um, and I, I've had the the benefit of watching Mr. Wilson on, you know, kind of the breakfast club and, you know, the infamous or the viral one that went around with the young man and, and working with the young man through some of his emotions and, uh, you know, actually following him on uh, Instagram, which mm. is, which is interesting of just like, you know, his, his time with his family and, you know, talking in, in, in a degree of authenticity, mm-hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? That he has around family, around some of the challenges around it, because, um, you know, often social media can be crafted to create the identity that you want people to see. Mm-hmm. Right. AKA no one's no one shows like an Instagram picture of your dirty house. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one shows an Instagram picture of your kids failing in school. Right. Unless you're trying to show some bigger picture. Like, so that space can often be one that shows a part of reality, but not all reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, a lot of his work is really important in work like his all across the country, where, you know. We often talk about like, hey, we need to create better life outcomes and pathways for black boys, right? We need to jobs and programs and, you know, all these kind of things. Um, but we often don't talk about what's going in to fostering and creating the space where this boy is having a healthy pathway to manhood. Um mm. And we know those help happen in a variety of ways, not giving particular ways they should happen. We know they happen in a variety of ways, but we also do know if they do not happen, we know the outcomes, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? If they, if, you know, uh, it's like Rex Ryan said, or the thing like, just because you practice and you watch film doesn't mean you're going to win, but not practicing well and not watching film usually means you're going to lose, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so it's like that, like, okay, it can happen a lot of ways, but if we don't have any pathway it's happening, there are a lot of impacts. And frankly, even when we look right now at what's happening in some cities across the country, right? And I think we have to be authentic about this. There's some real challenges that are happening with younger and younger boys, mm-hmm. you know, black and brown boys around what's happening with inter-community violence, right? Mm-hmm. There are some things that, you assumed only happen with older people that are happening with younger people like mask on 50 shots, jumping out of vans, stealing cars, evading, evading, uh, uh, cameras. Like in Philly, they had a situation where a young man was killed after football scrimmage. And when they went back and looked at it, the oldest person was 21, but the actual shooters were like 15 and 16. And I'm talking about like automatic weapons, ladders on the guns, evading, knowing how to evade everything. So, you know, you do ask the question, and this is not about criminalizing, because obviously these young people are born in a society that has too much access to guns, too much access to things I think they're not age appropriate, right? There's there's a host of things that that you can affix blame to. But there is something to say 
Now, when did you get to a place where, you know, you had so little regard for another human being, right? That you could engage in this almost a Call of Duty-esque, like, assassination mm-hmm. attempt, essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, it's, it's not Cowboys and Indians. Like, this is real, right? So, and I think about those things, and I think about the traumas and, and the cumulative traumas that we don't identify, the cumulative traumas that we ask young Black boys to stuff, um, the traumas that are usually pushed to the side because of our society and kind of antiquated ideas of what a man is and what a man is not, right? Um and, and and not those pit stops for people to ask you how you feel, to talk about how you feel, and to prepare you not just for a world to deal with white supremacy, but to prepare you for a world of your full divinity and humanism, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's where one of the biggest challenges, like we are often trying to prepare our children to deal with racism and white supremacy and for women, sexism, right? Mm-hmm. but we're not but are we are we affirming their humanity while we're giving them that armor so like don't put the armor on them and don't build up their capacity to hold up the weight yeah yeah well it you know? too like it was what is the armor protecting you know what i'm saying if the armor is protecting sort of this un underdeveloped sense of self um you know uh, or protecting a, a sea of doubt at least right where someone you know because um even it, most young people young people learn very well like how to be pe- adult pleasing um either out of a need for survival um or as uh as a sincere you know aspect of you know being a uh how you say a youth a younger version of a human and you go like well that's what the other humans are doing so let me fit in right <laughs> let me let me let me get in the mix and you know, I think we have enough different versions of the stories of, uh, you know, what folks go through or put through. And then, then someone in their family tells them, well, I, I was doing that to make sure you were tough. You know what I mean? I was actually, I came across something. I've been real Twitter engaged. I guess I've been trying to figure it out <laughs> the last few weeks. I probably need to cut back. But a, a topic that came up in a, in a scrolling through some stuff was around like people um like a child being hurt and someone immediately telling the adult that's caring for the child like don't let the child you know butter up kind of suck up this you know overplay their hurtness <laughs> to take advantage of you right and then people sharing like we're like yeah i broke my leg and then my dad maybe walked to the house <laughs> like all kinds of just wild just like yo who who does why why were we doing this right um other formations of that you know sort of the um you know, almost simultaneously acknowledging that the child, that our children are not fully grown, you know, humans are not, they haven't experienced everything that an adult maybe has experienced or even had time to process. But at the same time, they sometimes have the mental faculty to, to actively deceive <laughs> the, adult, the, the adults and not only deceive adults, but to have nefarious intentions, right? Which is a whole bunch of complicated, you know, app, you know, projections, um, complexes and other things that I think you know we we just wanted to have a conversation about the the ongoing uh, unrelieved trauma of, of of at least for black community of the American slave experience and the diaspora slave experience, not to mention the general reality of subjugation as I call it subjugation culture <laughs> as it exists within many of the structures of power that we 
that we know best over the last thousand years, the um, thousand years plus, but the um, at 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 the at this just at this level, just bringing it down back to to everyday earth that like the well-being of the human <laughs> that you're engaging um the priority put on uh building up the 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 sense of self the trust of self the um the the pathways to to replenish and understand yourself as you move through changing internal dynamics internal and changing external dynamics and that we want that armor we want that protection so you can um you know, since protect yourself from folly, but also there, there's a choice in which part you put emphasis on <laughs> processing, right? Uh, you know, I'll I, I speak for myself that I put a lot of emphasis on um, with my children that I, you know, I'm, you know, first person responsible for, but young people in a broader sense that I've had engagement with, of like trying to check with them to like how you're doing and then also how are you make how are you processing stuff that you experience or what you've seen right um because i think that um i think that that's important i think you gotta you gotta get to know who you are you gotta know you know how you're responding to things and you in the amount of times these days that i talk to people and they're the things that they're worried about are, are like you know where i'll be like why why are we why are we worried about that and it'll be like you know either due to personal experience trauma or due to you know the, the the cultural space or you know religious space they were raised in that told them to prioritize this or that, and like I think it's vitally important with um, young people, but old people too, which we'll get to because I think the backside of this developments arc will come up in our future, our next level, next part of our conversation. Um, that like the person that humans are like dynamic and we're moving you know, as we age and as we grow. And the thing that I appreciate uh, about that brother's work, you know, to the degree that I know about it and what I've seen and then even watching the documentary is this very intense focus on like being present in the moment, asking questions about the well-being of the person and 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 giving them space to feel how they need to feel in that place, right? When they, when they're engaging, um, several times in in the in the moot in, in the doc you know you see when the young men are facing a, a test right a moment of of having to deliver and do something that they start to break down right and any the thing i thought was beautiful was simultaneously going all right i acknowledge that you're breaking down let's figure out why now i can't move you on to the thing that you're doing cuz you did you didn't finish the test however that is like a part of the thing is figuring this out <laughs> right so it's not that's like you didn't pass the test Arr, go back to the line and think about yourself it's like nah let's let's talk about <laughs> what's happening with you right now and then saying we got to figure out together how to help you manage this so when you face these moments especially out in the rest of the world you don't fall apart right you know what I'm saying that you that you can't respond, you, know, you can't function. You know, I want to touch on that because I think there's a there's a conversation which I get the purpose of, but I want to challenge it a little bit. It's about resilience, right? And you see, like on Twitter culture, this idea. I don't want to be resilient. We shouldn't have to be resilient. <clears throat> and again, that kind of goes to well, maybe obviously you shouldn't have to be as resilient as you are because of racism, white supremacy. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's, that's 
That's fair. But That's fair. resilience is a part of humans, high functioning humans. Yeah. Right. Like resilience is part of like, I didn't do that well today. How do I show back up tomorrow? Right. Like it was something that ended up differently than my expectation. How do I resolve it? Right. Like, so resilience as a micro kind of structure of how you are living is an essential element to being a whole person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as old folks say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. in the sense of like telling people not to be resilient because the resilience of humanity is how we get better. Right. Like we we learn lessons, we we absorb challenges, absorb even failure or loss in order to in order to frame like a new day. And I think it's important. And it's a part of like, you know, when people hear knowledge of self, obviously it's kind of connected with a broader vision of for black folks in America and across the diaspora, frankly, our origin in this world. Um the greatness in, in, in the divinity and the origins of what people come from in the kingdoms and, and tying that to the possibilities. There's a, there's a, there's a part there where we align ourselves and connect with that concept. Um, but also knowledge of self is very much about you, right? Mm-hmm. It's very it's very much located in how you are, your background, how you respond, how you show up, how you are high functioning, how you are at your best, right? And so we have to, you know, even if people don't deal with the concept of knowledge of self as a broad-based concept, it's important with dealing with Black boys, Black girls, people who identify in a variety of manners to make sure we are dealing with the knowledge and awareness of themselves as an individual and how we do that. And then for black boys and black girls, brown boys and brown girls, original people across the board, we do know that there are some other societal structures and functions that have an impact that we have to align and we have to connect them to. But the Mm -hmm. primary element of that is not those societal things. Like to your point, we build, you know, you want to build up the inner person so that when they put the armor on, <laughs> quote unquote, you know, we they know why. But mm-hmm. it's coming from that sense, that sense of self and trusting self and making sure that nothing is competing with that sense of self. So yeah. Yeah. And I and I think it's um I think it's important that uh I think it's important that that sense informs sort of action especially um i mean in, in spaces where folks are you know advocating on behalf of community is like it's sometimes just making sure you remember what why <laughs> like what what's at the core of this um that in the in the service to the outcomes that we want we don't lose the thread of like who we who we are as beings that you know we have um we have the capacity to choose you know the value that we place you know on on our own well-being on the well-being of others you know, humans have a um, ability within the way we make decisions, even to hold, you know, complicated, uh, that's a, I think is the right word, reasoning structures, right? Um, so that you can, you can look at uh, a 
situation like uh something that came up actually at the dock because one of the young men he was um you know my man where he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing in school you know what i'm saying and it was a balance of really pulling no punches saying hey man you ain't really doing what you're supposed to be doing in there also though you know that like that doesn't mean that that suddenly doing that means that now you're worthy of care <laughs> right or worthy of love and any extension of, of of a sense of compassion and well-being um and the even that that resilience conversation you know it's always to, to me it, it's poignant like i think this is a, just a justice thought i think at times we move into spaces where other people want to point to our resilience as a like as a model for for like structure <laughs> of like what we should do next as a it's like well i mean maybe the thing should just be ethical and 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 balanced and fair in its original form <laughs> so that no one has to be overly focused on their resilience within it uh if we're building something new together right as opposed you know and and to look look to something that you may take as a a indicator of of, of admiration for our community um but but it's an admiration, you know, that that we appreciate. I appreciate that you are admirers. I appreciate even more if you don't repeat the stuff that requires us to have to have that right. Like that to me is the lesson. That's what we should be talking about. But sometimes I think it ends up in this other place, um, you know, which gets. Well, I'll say for another day. But the the thing where you know, folks, when it, when something's new to them, they feel like it's new to the world. So then they want to talk about it, and it's like, it's not. Sometimes, sometimes you need to know what the room you're in. Um, the other thing I just wanted to, to touch on that I thought, you know, or thought I had, and, and even tracking, like I said, the brothers' work over the years is I think there's a, I know in different communities, different cities, there's folks that that do that sort of, you know, informal, informal sort of structure. Like, yeah, like you, you start meeting people in any city, and they'll be like, oh yeah, I know brother so and so, or I know sister such and such. You know what I mean? Like a young person, even if they out way out in the street life. You know what I'm saying? You know, not just you know, even some of them that ain't in the street life at all. They just acting out. You know, they just teen, they just young people. But there might be some pockets of people that they know who who reached out to them or engaged them. You know, in, in informal ways. And I don't know if we always do the best job of acknowledging like how important it is. You know, beyond the structure of whatever your immediate household family is, is the people external to your physical family but are around you that then influence your human development um you know we we say the village to raise a child people say that a lot um but i don't think folks really really you know believe it <laughs> i think folks like oh, yeah, the village raise a child and then they'd be like well, his parents are terrible you know what i'm saying like where's his daddy at where's his mama you know what i mean when 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 mike mike you know uh turns out the, the roller rink it, it ain't the village no more. It's just Mike, Mike, and his his terrible parents, and and we have to get better at figuring out how to not just talk about that, but also how to support the idea that like, yo, there's people in your neighborhoods and your communities that sometimes is trying to like be a positive presence in in young people's present, young people's worlds, and old people, which we're gonna get to, and we don't always. Um, have the best way of honoring that idea and that concept and even that effort that people put in, um, you know, because it, it was clear too in some of those families, like, you know, that those young people had loving people in their family, but they did that, you know, it's almost like, I said, it's not enough that like you always need, as, I think we all need as many good, kind, loving, caring people around us as we can, as we can get. 
Um, and, you know, if you come and add on with love and understanding, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to cut you out. Like, you know, come through, spread a little bit, you know, <laughs> drop a little bit of that love off, you know, leave it, put it in the box, you know, give me this, give me a sandwich or something. You know what I'm saying? I think it's, it's a, a aspect of when we're thinking about how to bring people together or we're organizing in, in, in those formal places, but also just in those, like, what does your day-to-day life look like? Man, who, who are the people that are bringing something to your world that is about the well-being of you, you know, as mutual humans in the same place? My man, yeah, let's do it. Um, so with that, so for one, go watch the cave at the of uh, Dullum's. Good, I enjoyed it. And if you know, I'd love to hear folks' thoughts, I'm sure people got thoughts. Um, related but unrelated, but related. Um, and it's going to be related to our closing conversation. Uh, the brother, uh, uh Sean Combs, uh, Diddy, as he were, had <laughs> a Breakfast Club interview from a few weeks ago. And it was a quite an interesting video or conversation. And the thing, the aspect that I thought was kind of connected uh, really to this first piece was, you know, he was showing uh, certain aspects of really like a developmental arc, you know, because, you know, I think I've talked about this before, that we tend to think about human development as like a teenage, you know, kids to adults. And then it's like, you're just an adult now. And it all stops. Like, but it actually... Right. Keep. Like you're not, you're not just, you know, sometimes divine culture talks about like adults are just grown children. Like it's just it's not, yeah. it's not like it's, it's, it, there's sometimes a place where it changes and sometimes a place where it didn't change. So, yeah. 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 And so, um, I mean, there was a lot of interesting things in the conversation, but I think the place I will, well, actually what I'll do is I'll tip to you because I'm taking a lot of air at the moment. What was one of the things that jumped out to you in that interview uh, that you thought was uh, particularly interesting. So there was a lot there. Um, I guess in short, one was kind of the context of where he was with relationships um, and just kind of like a full awareness of where he is and what that is. And everyone doesn't have to support that. Right. Because you don't have to necessarily support or not support those things, but an awareness at his age of like where he's at origin stories, trauma uh, with losing, you know, the love of his life, mm-hmm. trauma with relationship shifts, you know, different kinds of relationships. Right. Because I think sometime in the black community, we frame it as either we're like this or like that. Mm hmm. And, you know, there's there's obviously, you know, you want to keep strong families, but very similar to what I was talking about with raising black boys. The path to a strong family doesn't always look the same. Mm-hmm. And different people can have different paths to what strong families look like and people feeling loved. Right. And so just him kind of talking through that and being open and honest, like, yo, here's where I messed up. Here's where I made the mistake. Here's why I didn't tell the truth. Here's where, you know, I was harmful to myself here. You know, those kind of things where, you know, as as hip hop artists or people in what people call the culture and air quotes get older, it's important to see that developmental art shift Mm -hmm. to your point earlier, because if not, what happens is you end up just being the 55 year old version of a 25 year old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
right? And that's what a lot of times in quote unquote the culture you end up finding. And the only difference is you sell real estate, you deal in real estate instead of drugs, right? right. Like that's the only difference. Like people like you switched your hustle, but you're still the same person. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just about switching your hustle, it's about growth. And I think the culture, because you know, I, I have a, a whole host of things to think about how hip hop wants to grow up, but only kind of. Yeah. Like the idea of it wants to kind of grow up. It wants to grow up, but it also wants to remain like forever young. Right. And when artists come back and do well, they like with even with Jeezy right now, like, okay, he comes out with a good album. But in order to come out with a good album, he had to kind of go back to 05 and have the same energy, which is something to say, like, damn, why does Slim got to go back to 17 years ago? And give you big meat vibes to make you think this is a good album again. Versus, yeah. yo, you're fifth. You're almost fifty. You're almost fifty years old, and maybe you could just be fifty, right? Like, and it's not just about the the shift between hustling, you know, cocaine or or houses or LLCs. So, so anyway, <laughs> like, so I just thought that that was interesting. Another one I shared. I know you and I built on was this idea of. The OG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a really aged thing in our community. And I think yeah. you know, Diddy was one of the first people to be like, don't be calling me old, man. <laughs> right? Because because being because being called old now has a different feel than it kind of ever has in our community. And I know you would add on a little bit about that. But yeah, like yeah. I I kind of I kind of felt where he was coming from on the like, yo, don't call me old, man. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because especially that at that beat, because like in that space that he's moving in, it's like, yeah, I'm sure some of them young dudes almost like, yeah, yeah, champ, man, let me buy you a drink, old dude. Like, sit down over there on the couch, though. Don't don't get too involved with like, <laughs> right, like what we about to do. Which particularly within the creative industry, yeah, you know I mean, where you're making music, like it ain't, you know, for whatever criticisms that one could have about 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 puffy or diddy diddy or whichever way or love or whatever but yeah. love and he said um you know criticism that may be fair is also like you know he's had his hands in the mix of a lot of great music and just like we you know i don't think he's maybe at the same music cap musical level like in terms of the musical skill of like a quincy jones right like quincy jones but also there's a different age you know what i'm saying in terms of our access to musical training but yeah. the capacity to like produce a song or produce a music that's like hey man I, like even if you like man it's some like commercial bullshit because there's songs that we was like you know we was you know what i mean we was out here rapping and timbo boots and backpacks and shit and sometimes we was like man that's a bullshit man he do this real hip-hop then it'd be like kind of nice to dance to though <laughs> it, listen as we've gotten older we can acknowledge that the albums we thought were not good indeed were good albums and <laughs> right. the he did was what it was important culturally right yeah. like yeah. you know and obviously we didn't have that we didn't have some of that context but the things that he did and the promotion obviously always given props to andre harrell which i think mm-hmm. when it's missing it should never be missing yeah. About Andre Harrell, because if you don't have Andre, Andre Harrell, you don't have yeah. Diddy, you don't have Heavy D. You, I mean, you don't have this whole hip hop soul yeah. rollout 
Yeah, right. Absolutely. You just don't have it. Right. And so, and you don't have also the visioning and the curating and the very explicit curating behind what Andre Harrell did, taking what he saw in, in Harlem and taking what he saw in the Bronx and kind of merging those into a, into a, a ethic, right? Just as uh, Russell Simmons and them had an ethic, so did Andre Harrell. But so, yeah. please, people should never forget about him. But like, yeah, so I just think, it, you know, that was that was interesting and he's still competing in what people could perceive as a young man's game and even dating younger women. <laughs> so, you know, so I know he, he's probably a little sensitive to a lot of the, you know, he's yeah. dating a woman that I'm sure a lot of the younger guys are like, yo, sit down, man. Let me, you know, let me yeah, get I mean, a like, Yeah, Slim, like, s- settle down. But it's so, like, you know, you know, that ain't my bag, but the the sense of, like, you go into a space and folks are basically deciding you retired. Like, you know, like, you the venerable elder that's come in. He's like, man, I'm, I ain't even, I'm, I mean, I'm almost 50. I ain't 50 yet. Or, I, or I'm just 50. Like, I ain't. You know, I ain't done yet. You know what I mean? And I can appreciate that. And you know, there's there's a there's a balance in that, right? Depending on what world you're in, right? Where you got somebody else that maybe, you know, uh they can't deliver on the level that they they used to, but they still holding on. That could be detrimental, but it's also a place for um, and especially now, I mean, the amount of different uh spaces where you have these generational conversations, so-called generational conversations and like what generation is it's trash or what generation ain't do this, ain't do that. And it'd be like, first of all, man, like I just happen to be born around them people. Don't be holding me. I ain't responsible for them fools. <laughs> like I ain't do that. Like, right. You know, right. and not, not to mention Absolutely. like, like I'm not going to hold you personally responsible for everyone else's all the different foolishness I see happening. Right. I'm going to try to, you know, try to find a balance, um, try to deal with a certain level of wisdom about that. Um, you know, but the, the aspect of him, like sort of talking about that, speaking about his, uh, his, you know, his, his personal trauma. And I think his personal relationship stuff, you know, whether folks think, you know, cause, cause there is a, like uh, a, 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 a dynamic within our society that a man, especially within his love and romantic, romantic, so to speak relationships is only mature if he decides to be in a pair bonded relationship for the rest of his days. And not that it's not necessarily a sign of someone's maturity, but it's not a guarantee of anyone's maturity. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, whatever to me, whatever you being true about what you're doing in your relational behaviors, whether they be romantic or otherwise, is a sign of maturity as opposed to one particular model of behavior. You know what I mean? And even, you know, when we get into the deeper conversations about, you know, decolonization, breaking away from, you know, certain Western structures and da, da, da around how people define their lives and define themselves, you know, you have to make space in there for different ways for people to engage in in their personal relationships and their, you know, so-called romantic relationships. And some of that may be, yeah, I'm seeing this person. We kind of dig each other. We're going to keep seeing each other, see how it goes. Like the end goal is not always, we're going to see how it goes. And then we're going to go do some paperwork and depending on our spiritual religious, you know, practices, we're going to go have a, a ceremony. And now it's official. It's like some people's like, nah, man, like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm beyond, I'm not at that place in life and it's okay if I'm honest about that right now, you know, cause it, it it's interesting. Like, I think, you know, we, we've seen, like I say, a positive and a negative, right? Where you'll see like older, the older folks who can't manage, they, can, they just can't manage no relationships. <laughs> so as a health thing, they go, you know what? I'm just going to kind of 
stay a little bit away because this ain't going to go well. And then other folks, like I said, that's the right decision to have a pair bonded, you know, situation for the rest of the, their days, or at least with that attempt. I think we have to make space for both. And I think it's better that the person be honest about <laughs> what they want than to be saying it just because it makes people feel better. Right. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world if people have, you know, more, you know, open dynamics or whatever that are pleasing and service them and their needs. You know what I mean? Like, that's actually not the end of the world. Like, it'll be fine. And, and it's really about what makes people well and healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Again, kind of going back to this other, there are different dynamics to how, you know, Black boys and by extension, obviously, children get to, to wellness. But one thing is for sure, not thinking about it is a sure way for people not to be healthy. Yeah. And in the same way, you know, however people are showing up in the context of relationships that, are, that allow people to be healthy is their kind of thing versus saying, if it doesn't end up looking like this, it's not a win. Because I think that has led a lot of people to behaviors that have been not the healthiest for them. And then in turn, not the healthiest for their communities and for a whole host of things. Yeah. Um, to say nothing about the actual cost of some of that. Um but I think his his level of 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 maturity um and in the space that he's in and what he wants to bring back to music and culture um with that awareness was really important. And I think, you know, lending kind of blending into our next piece quickly is just this idea of how he was trying to be supportive of the the man who has uh controlled the airways for the last week and a half two weeks um around around yeezy and just how you know he was like listen i'm trying to catch him he's the one that's running the whole thing and then you know slim did the white lives matter shirt and i think I think what Diddy said was very, I think it was mature. He said, listen, I support him. He is my brother. I am not looking to hurt, harm him. But that that premise and that sentiment is not helpful. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think him stating that was being thoughtful around the issue, but not attacking the person. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, yay. Is not at the emotional place to to receive that. Um, you know, he's at he's at a different place. And again, I often want to be very thoughtful around, you know, a lot of times we're talking about people of different abilities and communities, and we talk about, you know, kind of the trauma and the, you know, and there's a lot of trauma there. Um, and in him having trauma doesn't make it right to spew things that are not helpful, that are harmful. So I'm not stating that. But there's a lot of trauma there. And I think people up until a certain point were trying to be very intentional and, and kind of supportive about him to kind of had he would deal with his trauma. Um, but obviously over the last couple of weeks, we just clearly see that um he's choosing to put his trauma on front street. And I think it's no accident that there are still people who are choosing to project him using having his trauma mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right well, like so go ahead well i thought to the way and and actually it's oddly enough i think it's that the way one how fast things move right and that you know 
they made those comments and and I, and I think he he did a really good job of saying like look I and it's and someone that you know unlike you or I someone he knows personally right you had like actual dealings with to say like I'm what he did wasn't right wasn't cool <laughs> you know wasn't helpful I'm also concerned about the human you know in, that that is him and I'm trying to do both of those things in the public space you know which can be very difficult um two though like my next thing though with, with, with yay particularly is um the, the nothing that he like the things that have happened in the last two i guess two and a half weeks three weeks have been an escalation in the like the kind of public level of like wow where, where are you going what you what you're doing but it's not actually off the course you know, it, it seemed like maybe he had got in a little bit better place earlier in the year in that uh 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 the we talked about it uh interview on Drink Champs. Um yeah, yeah, and then and clearly he actually hadn't. <laughs> like it seemed like he'd like tuned in a little bit to like, yeah, I know I got I got some stuff happening with me in terms of my you know mental health stuff that I need to monitor the way I engage and do you know what I mean whether it was perfect or not. I mean, like I said, I told people I said it then, I say it now, the way he talks about I'm fighting for my family is textbook language for folks that are, you know, in that space of like not really letting go <laughs> and, and moving towards abuse. You know, that's the same language that, you know, that that folks that deal with that, not saying that he deal, does with that, but the, the logic of the structure, the logic structure of the argument, <laughs> I'm fighting for my family, which is if the person don't want to be with you no more, y'all can still break up and still have a family. You just don't, y'all two ain't in a remote romantic relationship no more. Just want right on the exactly, exactly. <laughs> like y'all parents of these children. You know what I'm saying? And and then that's that. But but for the this like you know escalation in, in behavior and it's a, a comment that I posted somewhere when someone was talking about. It, and I said, look, the you know what he has been in the majority of this time is someone who creatively has provided me personally in terms of how I feel about the things he's done some music and some musical moments that um resonate with me um emotionally uh personally sonically enjoy but who could not sustain an overall you know way of practicing in the world that I could you know to what I know of him respect him and I just and I put it over here you know and I deal with i deal with it as such because I, I i can't like stop him from existing <laughs> on planet earth that wouldn't necessarily be in tune with my values um also though i don't need to engage i don't need to you know and i wonder for some people you know his particular form you know now there, there's other aspects that maybe this isn't the kind of time to get in but i guess we can move to him at some point around you know regurgitating um structural you know tropes and talking points that are par for the course if you move into certain, you know, um, I think of them as anti-black, uh, you know, conspiracy talks and and folks of supposed, you know, deep knowledge and understanding. And but really, it's it's kind of like this is the first place folks that think they're going counter to the culture go when they're going counter to the culture. But they're actually not going counter to the culture, they're just going to a different part of the culture that still advocates the same negative things about us, especially, but about the general structure of the world. And. That the man ain't healthy. And then I wonder sometimes where folks feel almost struck or like, this is the last straw with me and Kanye. But like y'all been buying these Sunday service tickets for t- for seven years or 10 years. Y'all been buying them shoes that I don't particularly care for, but people really love them. 
You know what I'm saying? Y'all, like you've been engaging in all these things that he produces. Um, and you know, yeah. You know, it, let me say hurt. this. <laughs> let me say this. Both things can be true. He has yeah. actually probably turned up his artistic and commercial capacity as he has gotten deeper and deeper into his challenges. And also, I think it's, yeah. you know, he did 808 in Heartbreaks, like in what, 07? Right. He started talking, he put an album out talking about his pain almost 15 years ago. Seen from that perspective, there has been a slide. Mm-hmm. Right? This guy puts out these albums. He does his thing. His mother returns to the essence. He goes through heartbreak. His mother returns to the essence. And he's put out a wildly interesting yet inconsistent set of musical <laughs> offerings since then. And at the same time, created a industry and the thing, the biggest thing about Yeezys and his clothing, or the, the Yeezys in particular, his shoes in particular, is that they, you know, one thing no one wants to talk about that Dame Dash has mentioned that it has incredible resale value. So mm-hmm. not only does it have sale value, it's actually worth as much, if not more, once it's sold, which is a very unique concept in the consumer goods space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so his stuff up until a certain point Occupy is almost like a really different place. And so also with our fascination on someone being a billionaire, right? Because we also have that. We have this fascination on you being a billionaire and dealing with all these companies while you're dealing with these deep challenges. And we get to a place where, you know, one of the things that I wanted to say is like the biggest thing around his ideas. I mean, one, the whole host of challenging ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole host of them. I'm not going to give all of them full freight and even <laughs> debate them. But, not debate them, but yeah, that's the-, the idea that he's talking about with 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 the Jewish community, and the idea that he is taking his experience and projecting onto a community as if that community is all the same mm-hmm. is actually the one of the biggest challenges there because he's taking and saying. Whatever he happened to him, everyone would do it to you. But now let's say we took that and projected that to black folks. Because you got robbed by one black person, one black person yelled at you in line. Does that mean all black people should be scared? Those are the things we actively fight against, right? Mm-hmm. We're actively fighting against your interaction with one person, it doesn't frame your interaction with everyone. It also obscures the differences in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Like, because him saying it is like they, they, there's this big meeting, <laughs> and as someone who has served on a board of a national Jewish organization, I can tell you there's no big meeting. Well, you know the the the, the idea of the big meeting. I mean, we definitely make. I mean, I mean, I guess back to I guess the sort of terms of a public space, right? Where the old Chappelle piece uh, with the like the the, the black. The, the trade, the racial trade groups, and that you know, kind of lends to the the idea. There's these places where there's like a clearinghouse. I mean, I think a lot of black folks have made that the joke for years, especially folks that are involved in community and organizing work or any type of activism or service. Of like, yeah, the the black people meetings, uh, as my kids used to call it, where we would go to community stuff. 
You know what I mean? That like they're they're even if black folks are beaten, there's not necessarily a clearinghouse for all black decision making. And that then if we extend that construct, um, and 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 it's you know I, I think at a certain arc in your development of as I think about it of of healing and 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 and, and resilience to a degree for black folks. There's a comfortability in the idea, even that what we experience within the structure of white supremacy, racism in the United States, that like somewhere there's a, a, like an official <laughs> like white supremacy meeting and they like making all the white supremacy decisions um, as opposed to experiencing a society that has these particular outcomes because of a rule based kind of behavioral model <laughs> that they keep repeating. You know, which are not the same thing. So there are meetings, right? There are actual meetings where sometimes people are making decisions that impact negatively black people. Usually those meetings, those folks think they may be just doing some making a decision about the water system in your city. Flint, Michigan, Jackson, as 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 living examples, right? But the other back tech, the, the subtext, you know, sometimes the front text is also you know, is is infused <laughs> with the realities of racism. But most of those people wouldn't say, I went to the meeting because as a white person, I decided I needed to go to the white people meeting that makes a, a negative decision about black people. Um, this whole construct, you know, and I, I, because I have other things to do with my life, but I've been picking up threads <laughs> through different readings over the years that there's a really old kind of, uh, activation of this this kind of structural this kind of mental trope, trope I guess or like a heuristic of like if something bad is happening to you and you can anyway identify some commonality amongst the people who you think would have the power to inflict this upon you then therefore you must lash out against that group um, which you know in the absence of black folks usually in western societies and by western I'm referencing you know societies that we would maybe derive have having their origin um, within European uh, you know polities and and nations and states and what have you, you know, the the receiver of that treatment was often the Jews, which was also structurally based on religious, you know, power, all kinds of like structural things were like, those were usually the odd people out that had significant numbers, you know, within those societies. So whom do you blame if you, you know, don't, you want to blame somebody and you don't want to have a whole lot of repercussions, you blame the people who are the outliers in your society. You know, I think any, any of y'all Western academics, you know, let me know if I'm off base. Um, the so for him, and then they're like watching it all happen. It's like he jumps out, he says the, the wild stuff, you know, and then and, and then you know, some people who weren't paying attention, right? So they weren't people who weren't paying attention when Jay basically saying crazy stuff about about black, just about black people, they ain't had no comment, you know, which I guess is okay because they they I mean, I don't know, I don't need them to defend me necessarily, but then yeah, they had a lot of comments <laughs> right now, but then it goes to this. Thing that you know, if we've talked about, we have a, you know, some days I don't have the I don't have the time, but I, I you know, fairly regularly, especially pre-COVID, when I would be outside more often, you go somewhere and there's like a, a conversation where people feel safe to do such, and then they they assign blame to something that's happening to black people to the Jewish community, and then I kind of go, eh, well, I mean, are you sure? Like what, what? How are we getting to this conversation? Like, can we process this a little deeper? Because I don't, I don't really well, know. That's, that's the, that doesn't secret, serve us. That's the secret con. Well, that's the secret context behind why there's a there's still a quiet but consistent resonance with some of the things that he may have shared. And this is not to say, and I say that I've said this to my, you know, 
different people. I've said to my Jewish friends, and and the Jewish community has to grapple with this, that yes, as different as they would see themselves, there are people who have taken advantage and engaged in the benefit of whiteness and then the benefit of anti-Black structural racism in America. Mm -hmm. And that's not a debate, right? Like that is actually so simple that that is true. That's really not a debate anymore. Now you can debate where, how you get to better relations. You can debate engagement. You can debate a whole host of things. That's not really a debate. The challenge is when systems seem so opaque that you can't figure it out, you always go back to the first thing you thought about who the origin story is. Mm-hmm. Right? So you always go back to being like, oh, it must be them that's doing this to me because of the place where someone exists, maybe an economic system. It might be a place where they exist in the real estate system. So it goes back to the familiar understanding. And he may have a whole host of challenges that he is engaging with particular business partners in a particular space. And I'm not taking none away from that. And that might be what it is. But that's different than the story and the conversation and the obliteration of the difference of different kinds of people who adhere to the Jewish faith, acknowledging, and maybe this is simple and we shouldn't have to say it, that there are black people who are Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there are brown people who are Jewish. There are people who are so-called Asian who are Jew- who are Asian who are Jewish. Mm-hmm. Like that might be so fundamentally simple, but when you frame it and just say the Jews, you're actually not talking about the amount of people who look like you, have experiences like you, that are in no way sharing in this cabal that you're speaking of. The mo- the main reason is challenge that it's a challenge is that it stops being able to have a conversation about what's opaque and get clarity. Mm-hmm. You should always know who's actually doing something to you right. <laughs> so that you stop blaming other people who didn't do it. Exactly. Right. And so I think he's, you know, in the fact that he has gained some financial success has then led to this idea where, look, he's doing his thing. But when he decides to tell the truth, he gets harmed where it's like, no, he's been telling truths that have been challenging and rough for a minute. It's that he is doing a host of things, also playing into centuries of tropes, to your point, that actually get people harmed. Right. That have a long right. history of, 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 uh, of structural violence attached to them. So it's not as simple in, in black folks, ever, it's not as simple just being like, oh, he just said something. No, he says something that gets people hurt. Just as someone says something that got us hurt, we would rightfully, and, and I would say vigorously, we should vigorously defend ourselves against something that seems like it would lend to get us hurt or yeah. getting us hurt. Yeah. And, and it gets to, I think the, the, the need, like the, to me, there's a need to process and discuss these things that we understand them, that we get, or we start to get to understand what's happening, that we get a, a sense of even recording in the moment, um, our experience um, that we get to, uh, try to to make some sense uh, out of madness. Um, we also are not. I, I, I'm not. You know, as I've had to tell a couple people, like, oh, that that, that man, he he can defend himself. 
he got all he if if these billions of dollars of net worth y'all keep telling me about um are real if if suddenly the fragility what he's built is so fragile that it's only based you know really on sort of the, the public perception of his of him then he didn't build the right thing and 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 or he should have been mindful of you know this is all notwithstanding that of anything that you know like it's just ridiculous and it, it doesn't make sense for you know there's uh there's a place for you to to jump in and intercede and there's some places where you got to go hey man that dude got they, he got work he got work on that by itself you know what i mean like i'm like look if he if he was doing this to help us i could think of a myriad of ways that he could be helping us that this has not this this is not it this is not yeah, it. It, honestly, and i'm tired feels, of that i, I well, the next like person that say that i'm gonna jump through their throat here's, here's a challenge <laughs> my man's trying to tell y'all, as Raekwon said, you know, just be <laughs> jumping somebody's chest. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to do my. I'm trying to stay over here in the in, on the, the light side of the horse. Like I'm. <laughs> so that it, it is a thing of like really being thoughtful of like, okay, is this about some stuff you're experiencing, or is this about us? Right. Like sometimes this is about us, and sometimes this is about you that connects to us, <laughs> yeah. right? And I think this is more about you and your personal experiences that are connected that, that people connect with or relate to for reasons of disenfranchisement, for reasons of disengagement, for reasons that we all know and don't have to talk about. That's different than you coming out and saying. I want to foster this. And in and, and, and closing, I'll say this. It's important to note that when you do watch some of the longer, the interview, they say to him, well, why do you keep saying this? And he says, I'm jealous. He says, I'm jealous of the Jewish community. And they said, well, why don't you just say that? <laughs> right? They said, why don't you just say that, Dennis? If you want, if if you have some sort of envy slash contempt, which you know, that emotion, those emotions are often linked in more ways than we think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And if you if you really had an envy contempt conversation, then say you got an envy contempt conversation. And the only place I will stop here and I'll stop is the whole Kwanzaa Hanukkah thing, which in some ways indicated the fragility. Mm. Because you would rather your kids celebrate Hanukkah than Kwanzaa. Because there's money attached to it. That's yeah, he said he said at least it'll be financial engineering attached to it. And so the message you're sending to the world is money is more important than culture. Right. <laughs> because if you if you had your kids celebrate Kwanzaa for a reason of connecting them and different people got different vantage points on Kwanzaa, that's not that's not my debate today. My point about it is, though, you would rather have your kids do a holiday that was connected with money than a holiday that was connected with telling them about themselves. And that itself is the challenge that I just saw. Like, you got to take a person that's hard, that's that is that is that is flailing in public and understand this person is flailing in public and not try to think that just because this person is rich and black and flailing in public, there has to be some conspiracy. When you do money, when you do business with the gap, 
when you do business with Balenciaga, when you do business with multinationals, there's no conspiracy. I just want to let everybody know. <laughs> when you do business at that level, there's no conspiracy. Because guess what? You're part of the global capitalist system. There is no conspiracy at that junction. Yeah. Yeah. And if you never said anything to people, you keep making a billion dollars. Which is a whole bunch of people <laughs> that whatever stuff they think about the world, we don't know. And we don't and, know that. And now you see why. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, we could we maybe for another day we could talk about the uh Daniel Snyder and the NFL and and and, and Ursa. Oh, yeah, I think, all, like, I think we, but that is a very parallel, there's a parallel thing happening here, right? Yeah. Where we because Kanye operates as this public figure, and especially a public figure that we resonate with, I think as black folks, we think we should think about. There's other public people that are like, hey man, all kind of wild stuff happening, but guess who don't talk about it? Us. Uh, right. Shut up. Because <laughs> because we want to keep our money. Right. We, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I mean, it, it gets it to I me, mean, we'll say for another day, I think, I think we had a good spot to stop, but just like the whole larger conversation about the, the, the reality and the animism about cancel culture or and, and the whole political philosophy that some people have enacted around the construct of woke. And it, I mean, generally it ain't nothing new, but it's the idea, the way that ideas are weaponized to move things and move, more importantly, move people. And it's like, yeah, there's a whole, people like, oh, you can't be like this. And I'm like, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, y'all, the, 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 the founding somewhere in the sub, on the, in the margins of like, how does this thing run? It's like, man, and don't talk about what we're really doing too much. Just shut up. <laughs> don't nobody really know who we are. They can't get mad at us. <laughs> man, if you look at, I mean, a lot is made of, and I'll stop. A lot is made of George Soros and stuff like that. But when you look at some of the folks who back some of the most conservative and not just conservatives, because, again, like we've talked about, people can have perspectives and not be wrong from conservative to liberal. Absolutely. But some of the harming ideologies of billionaires who just keep their mouths shut so they can further their goals. Which is how you know, hey, here's it is. Have you heard Jay Z say anything about what's going on with Kanye? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> See, like, my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. That's <laughs> your business. I know, boy, but that's your business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's not to his benefit to jump in that. So I'm yeah. done. So, with that, before we put a foot in it somewhere. <laughs> We're going to stop this conversation. <laughs> but I said all that to say human development is important. You know what I'm saying? There's the, hopefully some folks will tie the thread, you know what I'm saying, of one to the other. Um, but it, until next we speak, may y'all be safe. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, uh, Majestic. Uh, the podcast comes to you, produced by me, myself, Justice Raji. And uh, obviously with my good brother, I'm Majestic, when we're having these, Ask Your Old Head is my creative project uh, that I've been running for several years, centered around exploring modern manhood or masculinity or what have you at the intersection of race, gender, culture, class, and many other factors. Um, and as I, I plan for 2023, I hope to bring back uh, some of the other aspects larger form and add some new aspects 
But you can support the podcast by listening, um, obviously, by sharing uh, wherever you listen. Go rate and subscribe so others can see and connect. Uh, always feel free to shoot some feedback if you hear something or it's something that res- resonates with you. Um, it's election season, so go vote and uh, vote early if you have access or opportunity to. And, um, you know, take care of yourself, take care of those around you, and be safe. Peace. <laughs>